they're always trying to pull this shit in BC. Like uh, mm. d- during the 2010 Olympics, and, uh, you know, Vancouver had to contend with the fact that it had failed to provide uh, drug counseling, safe injection site, uh, affordable housing, any kind of housing for its massive floating homeless population, which was mm. an icky eyesore for a city that mm. was about to be in the world spotlight. So their solution, one of the solutions was to uh, move unhoused people to the suburbs, like far away from any kind of, mm-hmm. say, uh, I don't know, regular appointments they had to go to or anything mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very hard to be unhoused. It's very expensive and you have to, you have to hustle to uh, not have a home. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. and yeah and absolutely it's goddamn. so so yeah I mean, move, moving these people out to the suburbs and then offering them um work contracts for less than minimum wage doing like agricultural work picking tulips or daffodils or mm. you know so th- this is yeah, this it, is it not seems- like a new idea in british columbia this is kind of something it seems like certain people in bc want to inflict this on poor people or people who have been incarcerated and they just haven't quite figured out the right way to do it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's the it it, it certainly is is strange that um uh, let's say uh, lots of uh, the settler colonial societies in North America sure do love free farm labor. They do. It does keep coming up as <laughs> something weird. that they seem to want, and they always seem to be wanting to get a primarily uh, racialized other population to do it. Mm-hmm. Weird how that keeps coming to fuck. And because like look. The, the the people at Emma's Acres say prisoners uh, apply to get into this program uh, because they want to engage in restorative justice. Now, of course, you could say, oh, maybe someone might apply to this program if they are living in jail um, because they want to get out of the jail because they want to farm. But also stuff like this, like one of the things it does is it kind of presumes everyone in prison should be there. Uh, it presumes everyone in prison owes an apology to everyone not in the prison. The whole sort of talk of like restorative justice or whatever. Once you sort of think about how people are pushed into prison by um, circumstances created by others, how people get railroaded on plea bargains, um, how people will just get arrested and held um, when they when they are completely innocent, uh, and even like how crime and criminality in the law are constructed to create prison populations, all that stuff. If you don't think about any of that, then this makes sense. But if you think about anything like that, then it seems at best sort of uh, extremely tone deaf and insulting and at worst uh, deeply uh, cruel and cynical. Uh, Yeah. And like a lot of these projects and and like like the overarching tone of the people who would support this is is that they want you to tell them they are doing something great. They are patting themselves on the back, and they are waiting for a little pat on the back from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the um, it, it's it. Go, I think it really it goes back to the um, sort of reforming and reforming progressive uh, uh sort of um, like the the kind of the cult of um, can, I think the cult of Canadian liberalism is like you know we is, is aren't you lucky to have us? We're going to do the best thing for you. Um, and you should yeah. be grateful. And the, give, the giveaway, the giveaway is in the literature, like like uh, harvesting healthy plant based foods for prisoners. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we don't <laughs> want them near burgers. We don't want yeah. them. We don't want to put the prisoners near anything that might uh, be nice. 
because then they will become degenerate, further degenerate, and we'll have to put them back in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, can't have that. That is that is actually like to kind of go off a little bit more. That is actually the the, the basic tone of Vancouver Island and the people that run it are, is that you know they would love to tell you how crazy the 1960s mm-hmm. were, <laughs> how much crazy shit they got up mm-hmm. to in the 60s. It was wild. 60s. Yes, in the Not 60s. Now. Not now. <laughs> But then they also love to tell you that because they've done all the drugs uh, and smoked all the cigarettes, you should you should absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, you know, don't enjoy anything. That's that's a 60s thing. Yeah. We're done with that. Yeah. Um, No. um, And the other thing, right, is that there this gets talked about um, as well as like the story of this is is that it was founded by a uh, a, a sort of a combined work of a former prisoner and is a, and I think a, a therapist that he had or something the former prisoner is now is now died of old age but that's sort of presented almost exculpatory in a long in the in the article about it right the idea that well it was actually founded mm-hmm. by a prisoner so yeah, they must like it uh, again as though like one yeah. prisoner is incapable of cynicism as though they're inca- as though this the problem of the sort of very pernicious ideology is back th- they even say that the programs were closed by Stephen Harper's government in 2011 but are in the process of now being reinstated which again it's kind of perfect you know we love to yeah. we love to continue the Liber- Canadian Liberal Party loves to continue all of the um all of the things that Stephen Harper stopped for being um uh, sorry, excuse me. To continue all the things that Stephen Harper did to like trigger the libs or whatever, um, they like oh, yeah. to continue his a lot of his most um, you know uh, brutal visions for what Canada could be. Uh, but they also like to do the things like the um, sort of sociopathic busybody things that he canceled for being like too nice when like this, yes. where it's like when you look into it, it's still actually like kind of fucked up. They love to do that too. Yeah, it's. Th- it's the worst of both possible worlds. It's it's like uh it's like just lizard brain dead-eyed cruelty wrapped in uh, a skin of like we're doing this for your own good, we're helping you and we should be applauded for it. <laughs> so on that vein actually, I want to get to the main our main topic o conversation here. Um which is yeah. that the meat on this uh, Witcher NPC-sized turkey Look, leg. You came for the Witcher NPC talk at the beginning. You came for us talking about the um, uh, sort of you know, moronic uh, London Brick Lane people with their uh, uh, intentional bowl cuts, uh, looking like Witcher NPCs. You are staying for us talking about the history of Canadian arms sales to Saudi Arabia, because yes, if there's one thing that unites actually the Emma's Acres discussion and uh, this topic. It is that uh, it is the liberals choosing to um, is the topic of liberals choosing to continue doing things that the Harper government either started or discontinuing uh, or continue or doing things that the Harper government stopped that are actually kind of fucked up. In this case, they're continuing something that the Harper government had like barely started. Right. (laughs) Um, So one of the reasons why it comes up, um, why it's why we're talking about it now is that um, the foreign affairs minister Mark Garneau is under fire again uh, because it has just approved a new seventy-four million dollar deal to sell explosives to Saudi Arabia. Wait a minute! I thought uh, the Trudeau government said they were going to stop selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. They did, and then 
Uh, they fixed all the problems. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so it's nice. good. So basically, oh, they got they oh they got rid of the one bad guy. Yeah. They they uh, they found him. Uh, they cut him up in the embassy, and uh, and then Saudi Arabia became yeah, good exactly. Again. Look with uh, with with Khashoggi gone, like Saudi Arabia is free to do what it wants. Uh, finally, it's free of the yoke of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Um, no, so basically, uh, when challenged about this, um, Garneau simply did again something that also is a, I think a very like almost British kind of authoritarianism, which is when asked substantively about, um, hey, why are you selling explosives to a country that is going to use them to persecute uh, what is essentially a war of genocide in Yemen? He uh, directed the person asking the question to um, the published rules governing how permits are issued. Amazing. No, no, no. There are (laughs) rules. See, don't worry. You probably thought I wasn't going to be obeying the rules. I actually am. So... These are the famed rules I've been hearing so much about in the uh, rules-based international order. These right? are just some of the rules on which the international order is based. And uh, boy, are they great. Um, so <laughs> the spokesman said that under Canadian law, a permit would not be issued if the government believes, quote, there is a substantial risk to the, that the items to be brokered could be used to commit or facilitate a serious violation of international human rights law or international humanitarian law or serious acts of gender-based violence or violence against women and children. And that was the response. Listen, listen, look, uh, these, we have been selling rocket launchers uh, to Azov Battalion. Um, That is true. But they have assured us that these rockets will be used only to cook shashlik. (laughs) Look, who has time to, um, who has time these days uh, to actually make lamb the old-fashioned? First, you have to Get the la- you have to go over to the lamb. You got to shear it. You got to kill it. You got to drain it. There you has clean to be it. an easier it's way. Like, oh, I'm running out of fingers on my hands over here. 